Hey Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by PointsBet. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up to live your bet life. Cody Del Mendo is here flying high, riding a parlay, but not flying high with his Illini on Monday. Ryan Herrera live out in Arizona, and our guy Kyle Williams, K underscore Williams Media is here as well. I'm Luke Stuckmeyer. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. We've got an important game tonight for the Cubs in some ways. Uh, we have free agent signings to talk about over the last couple days for the Cubs. Uh, we have Ryan's SPF number we want to talk about. Uh, we've got a relish room we want to get to. I don't even know what that means, but we're going to talk about a relish room shout out we got on Twitter. And uh, let's start with the Monday vibes real quick, because not only is Madrigal playing tonight, it's 73 degrees in Chicago. Normally, after your bracket is busted, you don't feel like this. I feel good today. Yeah, today's a great day. Uh, obviously, uh, you you brought it up. I'm feeling great. I went 13-3 and three gambling on the NCAA tournament this yes. weekend. It was awesome. Illinois broke my heart, but that's okay. I didn't have much expectations anyway. I'm a broken Illini fan. It's a tale as old as time. Uh, but, yes, you, I love you. You brought up Madrigal. Uh, there were some cool things from the weekend over the s- spring training games as well. Brennan Davis hit a home run. Yeah. Alfonso yeah. Rivas hit one, too. Um, thought Justin Steele looked pretty good in his few innings. Uh, it, it was the first time that I, from my own couch at home, I got to check out, like, the Cubs' beginning of a game and watch a few innings. Admittedly, I didn't watch a full game because March Madness is on. Right. I think Absolutely. it's okay to admit that. I Don't, don't hate me for not watching a full game, but – uh, yeah, no, it was, it was great to just see baseball like uh, like we we've all been talking about, you know, during the lockout and stuff. Just like wanting wanting that, and uh, yeah, it was it was a good weekend. And like you said, seventy degrees. I came in here sweating today because I walked from the train here. <laughs> the heat's still on in this building. Yeah, I uh, well, the walk was a little bit longer than I thought it would be, yeah. and you know, you know how it can be cold outside, and then you walk into a room and like it'd be warm. Like, I was having that vibe, and I was like, oh, my God, this needs to stop. So I, like, chug some water, you know. Like, these are the days that you go through the tough Chicago winters for. Yeah. Like those, oh, yeah. Those, those yeah, yeah, yeah. Negative five-degree days. Like this we is, dream of days like this. Absolutely. And then <laughs> and, baseball's on tonight, too. Yeah, and, you know, Ryan's been feeling like this for, like, seven days now. Like, Must be nice. He looks like he's back at the beach yeah. again. Playa del Herrera right out there. He's out yeah. sitting at the ballpark. He's got sand under his feet. Or is that the infield? Taking pictures, too? Uh, yeah, it's the infield. I can't complain, though. You know, I can't. It's been. It's actually been a little chilly the last couple of days. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sure oh, it yeah. has been. Here we go. A little chilly. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a little bit. I, I, I packed a hoodie with me, you know, coming to the ballpark. It's, it's a little chilly right now. It's windy. <laughs> oh, we should lock. So. We should change the locks before he gets back later <laughs> yeah. this week. Oh, my um, goodness. So Madrigal makes his debut. Uh, Braylon Marquez arrived at the the Cubs park after having his second bout of COVID. I wow, that's that's you don't hear that from too many people yet. Like a second bout of COVID. I've had COVID twice. You've had it too, Joey. Twice. I sort of expect that from you. You run around in a little Both bit. Both times in crowd. Austin, Texas. <laughs> yep. Ah, yeah. Uh, see, there it is. You went to Texas. That explains it. Rampant, rampant with COVID down there. Uh, Braylon Marquez. I mean. That's kind of interesting that he was arriving at camp late, and I think a lot of people, Ryan, were wondering where is he, right? Yeah, I mean, there wasn't. We knew he wasn't here. Uh, we didn't have specifics on why. He finally showed up today, and we got to talk to him. Um, he just, yeah, he said, you know, he had COVID, uh, so he had to be quarantined or isolated, however you want to, you know, however the wording is. But um, he said he was vaccinated, which you know he had some symptoms, but obviously didn't hit him too hard. But you know. Um, and then he was quarantined, isolated, and, you know, he was finally able to, to make it down here um, for Cubs camp. But that's, I guess that's kind of where he's been. And kind of, you know, he had it about the same the same thing pretty much last season. Um, same kind of timing, COVID, it's the second time he's had it. So, um, but I'm sure the Cubs are happy to be here. You know, he's, I, I don't know how much he's been able to ramp up because obviously with COVID, he's kind of can't do much. But, um, you know, the coach, we talked to Rossi, he said he's just going to talk to him. Kind of figure out where he's at, you know, they'll probably get him in, you know, just throw in maybe a bullpen here soon. And then, you know, it's probably going to be a long process. He probably won't be ready. Uh, he might not be ready for opening day, but, you know, I guess we'll see how these next two and a half, three-ish weeks go. 
Well, I mean, he, you know, you wonder where he factors into this team. Is it a bullpen position? Is it, you know, that you put him back into a starter somewhere? They signed Drew Smiley, who we never really got to see pitch in a Cubs uniform. <laughs> yeah. That's another name now that comes into the mix uh, over the weekend. And, Ryan, it seems like they're just kind of stockpiling names and arms. And, like, it feels to me like they're stockpiling the Bears' tight end list from a few years ago. Like, it's just... <laughs> At some point, they're going to have 75 starters, 75 relievers, and you're going to go, okay, well, how are they going to pare this down? You know, they don't have there's, – there's not, like, um, a name that sticks out in that group right now, and that's kind of what they're looking for, right? Yeah, um, you know, as far – at least as far as, like, starting rotation goes, you probably got your main three um, in Stroman, Hendricks, Miley, who's – he's still ramping up. We can talk about that in a little bit, but he's still trying to ramp up. He um, – uh, Mills might have, you know, he, as far as what Russell was last week, Alec Mills is sort of the plan is to have him be the, the one of the starters. So if they stick to that five-man rotation, they got one spot open, and that's Keegan Thompson's pitching right now. Actually, or he, I think he just came out of the game. Uh, Justin Steele, Drew Smiley, if he builds up, Daniel Norris can build up. I mean, there's so many different options. Um, but another thing that, like, Tommy Hadovy and David Ross have been talking about is they – they know it's going to be tough for pitchers to ramp up and be able to pitch six, seven innings from the get-go, you know. So they've been talking, you know, they're floating the idea, you know, maybe there's piggyback options for some of these guys that are on the outside looking in uh, of the rotation when the season starts. They could end up being those multi-inning weapons like Alec Mills has been historically with the Cubs where, you know, you get your, your starter, pitches four or five innings, then you, you bring in the, one of these multi-inning guys out of the, out of the bullpen and he can take over, you know, three, four innings. Or I mean, we saw it last year. Uh, one of the, those Twins games in Minnesota, you had Justin Steele start five, and Owsley came out for the next – and finished it off in four uh, himself. So that, I think you might see a combination of that to start the season. I think that's why they're bringing a lot of these guys that could potentially be starters, but at the same time can work multiple innings out of the bullpen. Saw Rachel saying Brendan Davis was just hit by a pitch on the knee. Yeah, our Discord was going up. up about it, actually. I was getting the notifications. Ooh. So I'm sitting here listening to Ryan talk, and I'm freaking out a little bit at the same time, <laughs> admittedly. I kept my cool, though. I thought you were sweating because it was hot in here. You were sweating <laughs> because you were watching the, the chat going over on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Rachel for uh, keeping us, keeping posted, us yeah. posted on that. Um. It's interesting. So they, they do have a lot of these pitchers. Um, you talked to Wade Miley, right? I mean, that's one of the guys we really yeah. haven't talked a lot talked about. a lot about. I think everybody that I've talked to before in the past is like, hey, it's it, that's a great move for the Cubs, getting him off waivers. There's no downside to it, I don't think. But it's no. just kind of curious where you think you guys think he fits into this mix. Well, before Alzelay got hurt, I thought he'd be a solid – three or four, yeah. but now he's definitely going to be a three. Like, he'll probably go after Stroman in the rotation. Um, the one thing I really like about him is that he he eats innings and he's effective. Um, he was really good with the Reds, and that's a that's a hitter's ballpark. So, um, you know, I again, like you said, you're getting him for, what, one year, $10 million. You just picked him up off waivers, didn't have to get anything for him. Like, I, I look forward to seeing him pitch against the Reds. Yeah, for the Cubs rotation that really struggled all of last year. I mean, what's what, what's the risk? Right. He, he had a 3.37 ERA last year. The biggest year. problem yep. with the Cubs rotation last year was just the fact that their starters couldn't go past the fifth inning. And he brings that. <laughs> so and that's all they're looking for. Right. Breathe easy. Rachel says Brennan Davis is up. And he's taking his base. So. Corey, our, our guy Corey says uh, Brennan's looking fine, but he was about to ask Ryan to go charge the mound. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been fun to see. Um, so, Ryan, when you talked to Wade Miley, what were your impressions of what he expects uh, going into this season? Can Ryan hear us? Did we lose? Yeah, Ryan? sorry, my uh, Wi-Fi has... The Wi-Fi was spotty there for a sec. Uh, it's the waves. It, it's all the waves. <laughs> it's the sand. What do you, what do you yeah, think? Go ahead uh, and I was saying, what? Uh, how does Wade Miley look going into this season? What is he? What's his outlook, or what did he express to you? 
Yeah, so he's still, we got to talk to him today. He's still, uh, you know, ramping up. Um, he, he was saying, like, he didn't, because of the lockout, it kind of messes with the timing, right? Like, he didn't know when the lockout was going to end, so he didn't, like, you, you can't start, you know, start ramping up and shut yourself back down and ramp up again, and then, you know, who knows what comes after that. Um, so he threw about 30 pitches in a bullpen today. That comes after he threw, uh, like, 15 pitches a few days ago, maybe, like, three days ago, four days ago. Um, but he threw 30 today. He said he kind of felt tired after 20, but he pushed to 30. Um, yeah, I think especially uh, like, uh, some of these veterans go a little slower ramping up during spring training regardless. Obviously, this is a short one, so you don't want to go too slow. Um, but he thinks, like, at least what he told us, and, and he's confident that he'll be good to go that first homestand, like, even if it's not the third game or the fourth game. I guess maybe like one of the last games of, of, of the home series that he'll be able to get in there and, and get some innings. Again, we've talked about, it, you know, players are a lot more optimistic than maybe – they're, they're going to be a lot more optimistic than pessimistic about where they're at. Um, but as far as we know, he thinks he's going to be ready for the season, whether that's probably not going to be able to throw six, seven innings to start, but he'll be able to, to, to eat up some innings. Um, once the season goes, as, as, as far as you know, we've been we've been told. Joey, do we have that uh, some of that sound from Ryan that uh, Wade Miley was talking? Throwing thirty pitches in a row is, is like if you look at it like as a starter, you don't ever do that. Right. Uh, thirty pitches in a row. I mean, I, I was tired at twenty, but yeah. I pushed myself. <laughs> I'm trying to get three outs in like fifteen, twenty pitches. Right. But um, that's a big step. The other day after fifteen, just to get down the slope, that's a big step moving forward. And, and now I can actually get into, like, facing, like, in my mind a hitter or, like, going, like, having, like, at bats inside my bullpens where right now I was just, I'm just throwing. I'm just trying to get repetition in my arm. Obviously trying to locate pitches and stuff, but, you know, I'm just, I spun a few breaking balls today. It's the first time I've spun anything in a while, so that felt good. I mean, we're not that far off. Right? I can ramp up pretty Isn't that interesting, you know? You, you don't think about that, that a guy doesn't normally throw 30 in a row, but... He was gassed afterwards, you know? It's yeah. like, it's interesting to see the way pitchers approach a season, something like that. You, as just an average fan on the street, you wouldn't be like, well, my God, he's got to build up from 20 to 30 and, four, you know. It's interesting because, well, it will be interesting to see how teams play their starters the first yeah. couple times through the rotation in April – because, yeah, I mean, they don't want to ramp them up. And we kind of saw last year the injuries from the year before in 2020 with less games. You knew they were going to have to pitch more innings in 2021. I don't think this is going to have a major effect like last year because there were a ton of injuries last year. But, yeah, I mean, I don't want to say it's going to affect the outcome of the season, but it, I guess in the Cubs, for the Cubs especially, it's not necessarily great because you, you – they're going to need guys to give them five, six innings consistently if they're going to if they plan to be competing. So, and the injuries have already affected the Cubs with um, in spring training alone, and it's one of those delicate things you have to balance when you talk about this short ramp up to the season. You want your guys ready to be go, able to go out there and pitch, but you don't want injuries happen. You don't want overuse to happen. So, you you know, you, I think you were going to see more. What did Jed call Braylon Marquez in the fall like a pitching weapon? Yeah. I think we're going to see more of those types, especially from the Cubs. You're 100% right about the ramping up, though. That's why he's talking about the 30 pitches, you know? Right. Yeah. There's the old school, uh, I could see all the old guys sitting around the coffee shop right now. These guys are so soft. <laughs> Can't even throw 30 pitches after a couple <laughs> of months off. But it's just, that's the way the game has developed. You know, it, it's become... Right so specific and so detailed and these athletes have been trained to do one thing so very well that well and, and the money's so high that you can't afford to risk an arm like that right. early in spring training he, just because you want to see it and it's not like he has like it's not like he's throwing triple digits or anything so no, that, that right. says something about yeah. a guy like a finesse guy like him you got to consider the the hard throwers and how much that will affect yeah. them because that to me that's that's the thing that this will affect the most are the, the guys with the high velo and, and even your young arms especially because obviously those are very coveted pieces on every team in the league. But, yeah, it's uh, like like you said, it's, it is interesting to see how even for finesse guys, they have a routine. They you know have to do a certain thing a certain way to get themselves prepared for the season. 
Makes a lot of sense. Uh, you can read all of Ryan's stuff if you have a membership at allchgo.com in the members section. And uh, you had a good one about the Seiya Suzuki signing. How are the Cubs looking at this, Ryan? I just kind of summarized the article for us about uh, the way all of this kind of went down and how the Cubs are looking at his signing. Well, so, so I guess as far as just what the Cubs kind of look at it. So they wanted to be right field. And I think Jed kind of expressed this, that, you know, he is comfortable in right field and he's coming from Japan. You know, he there's, he's going to be so uncomfortable in different ways. Only gets accustomed to playing in the U.S. that making him play in a position that he doesn't like, like letting him play in a position he feels most comfortable is just one way to kind of take that part off his like off his mind. Like he doesn't have to worry about that. Um, so they see him in right field. You know, Jason Hayward's in center. He's been taking like you know outfield during batting practice and center field. So um, that's. I, I don't know that Jason Hayward's the everyday opening day starting center fielder, but um, that's I think that's the plan is to kind of shift him uh, when Suzuki's in the lineup. Uh, um, and he, I mean, he's taken live BP a few times. Uh, the day he got here Friday, he wanted to take BP, so he did that. Hit a couple of home runs <laughs> during BP, so that was. And it's like the swing looks so effortless, and it's just like flying out of the ballpark, which is like, man, like he's got some power, um, and just. You know the the way it, it it played out. You know they had they had interest in him from like like years ago. Is what they said. Like they've they've been kind of building that interest, researching him, and then when he got posted, like and it, they knew he was going to get posted at some time. Um, and then when he finally did get posted, I think I think it was like nine or ten days before the lockout started. So they had to very quickly get a meeting set up, very quickly, you know, get a presentation in, and then um, lockout hits. Ninety nine days, can't talk to him. Uh, then finally, when uh, the lockout ends, they get back in contact right away. They get a meeting set up, as you guys, as you know, as it was reported, and as they've said Monday night, a week ago, you know, last Monday, uh, they get a meeting set up uh, somewhere in LA. At a, I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Hayama, Hayama sounds right. A restaurant in LA. Um, you know, Jed, Tom Ricketts, Rossi, they go up there. Uh, Suzuki's camp is there. They kind of get it done, or they kind of talk about it there. And then Jed and them fly back, and they give him a call as soon as they fly back. Uh, Suzuki's agent, Joel Wolf, they let him know, like, hey, um, you know, this is our offer. We're, you know, we're ready to make a deal. Let's make this thing happen. Um, and then, you know, Suzuki had to go to Chicago. He wanted to check out Chicago, wanted to see Wrigley Field, make sure it's the place to, uh, to go. And then he comes back, and I want to say it was Thursday night is when they officially signed the contract. And then Friday, you know, that's the timeline is, like, you get that first 10 days, then you go 99 days, no contact, and then you go like a week into the a week into the lockout ending that Suzuki's uh you know, he's a, he's a Chicago Cub. And so that you know, that was really cool. I mean, that Friday was just insane around here. Um, but a lot, you know, a lot of a lot of attention for Suzuki and rightfully so. He's a great player out of Japan, but um you know, Cubs are bringing same thing they're doing with with Miley and a few other guys, you know, they're just bringing into camp that they're bringing him along slow, not slow, but bringing him along, you know, making sure you're talking to him, seeing how you're feeling, um, not going into the games just yet, but making sure you're getting your, your workouts in during the day so that you're ready to go once they decide that Suzuki's ready to play. Yeah, they wanted to show him, you know, where the Ron Santo statue used to be. And this is, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> they, you know, he gets to see Wrigley Field, but not the way he's going to experience Wrigley Field. That's kind of, you know. Yeah. Um, but even like, as someone who walks around the neighborhood very, a lot, since I'm two miles south of it or north of it, I mean, uh, even just being around the neighborhood, it, there's a vibe or a feeling about it. So I'm as someone who does it all the time. I'm assuming that that effect hit him pretty big, and probably played a part. I mean, let's be real, Wrigley Field it, it attracts people to want to come play for the Cubs. It's not like walking into another ballpark. Right. Even with the Ivy not up, it's not like walking into any other major league park. Right. Even if you've never been to those other major league parks and you're coming from Japan and you walk into that, you know that there is a different feel. It's a different, almost a different, uh, it's like a mixture of eras in one ballpark, which is unique to that ballpark too. Yeah, exactly. Like summertime, Chicago, when Wrigley Field is at – 100% capacity, and everybody's going to different restaurants. You're just walking in the area. It's just one of one. Right. 
Yep, I agree. Uh, hey, we, we do want to let Ryan run because I know he's waiting on... We, were, we had a code word set up, which was snuffleupagus, if his player interview had happened during the live interview. And then, you know, Rachel, our CHGO fam in London, is on the chat telling us, oh, Brendan Davis did get subbed for a pinch runner. He's coming out of the game. So Ryan's going to be busy out there. He's going to have a lot to do. He's got another article coming at allchgo.com. So snuffleupagus, snuffleupagus. Ryan, uh, we appreciate it, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, we'll catch you later, guys. <laughs> uh, so we, we wanted, had to make sure he got out of here because I don't want yeah. him to miss if Brendan Davis starts talking or yeah. Keegan Thompson or whoever Here's it might the be. hoping that's just precautionary. Yeah, that's, agreed. Um, that's what my defense mechanism is do, <laughs> telling me to, to think. Uh, that would not be great if that's – a thing. If you were points bet, where would you set the odds on a Brendan Davis just taking tomorrow off? Just, I'd, just to be safe. Why don't I, you just rest the knee twenty four hours? Perhaps uh, minus a thousand. Perhaps <laughs> give perhaps. yourself a little ice, and we'll see you in a couple days. Yeah, if they, you know, to get if you wanted to actually bet on that again, you should head out over to points bet, and I'm sure they would. They if they wanted to put that bet up, they could. Um, but. PointsBet is the best way to support CHGO. And if you download the PointsBet app and use the code CHGO when you sign up, you can get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, a lot of the content we've just been talking about with Ryan and his Suzuki article. Uh, if it, <laughs> you'll even get a free... Shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker as well. Hashtag dope merch. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you, have any op- if you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better, introducing PointsBet's new feature, Live college basketball, same game parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live same game parlay only with points bet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. If you want more, you can also boost your live same game parlays. Watch live, parlay live, and boost live with points bet. And now, online signup is available in Illinois. You can download the points bet app right now and register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. Plus, during PointsBet Match Madness, all users can earn up to $100 in free bets. During each round, just place a $50 pregame wager and get a free $20 live bet to be used for that round. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I saw our guy Mike Dubs is ready to fly to Arizona and fight the pitcher who just hit Brendan Davis. Now, we don't encourage that. I encourage it for Mike Dubs. We don't encourage it here at CHGO, but we do encourage podcasts. We encourage live podcasts every day on every team. Post-game shows after every game, pre-game shows, premium written content for the members at allchgo.com, which, of course, Ryan is working on, and we've had a lot of uh, contributions there as well. You know, that's where you slide in and you check out the dope merch. You know, you go around the corner and you go, whoa, whoa. Whoa, dope merch here, too. Let me check this out. And you get a free shirt when you become a member, the members-only Discord, the CHGO Lounge. So we don't encourage flying there to fight anybody, but if you want to show up and show a little intimidation, we're okay with that, you know? Fair. You know? Fair. Fair. Just a little bit. I see... Uh, I, I have faith in, in Dubs. He's a good dude. Dubs, Dubs be all right. Uh, I see mm-hmm. Brian is joining in live for the first time, so thanks for joining in uh, oh. on YouTube, potentially, or... The Twitter feed. YouTube's where you'll see the best, highest quality, and you can subscribe there and make sure you don't miss those. And yeah. make sure you give us the likes and the five-star reviews. Right. Yeah, if you're not watching on YouTube, get on YouTube so that we can see your comments. If you're, if you're commenting on Twitter, we can't see those. So if you're watching on Twitter, come over to the YouTube page. Correct. Good point. Excellent point, Joey. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, so, you know, we're waiting to see if there's any update. Maybe there'll be one before the end of the podcast on Brendan Davis. I would guess they're just going to say it's sore. We'll take a look at it tomorrow and see how he feels when he gets to the ballpark. That's just a guess. 
I do want to start this, this segment, though, with something that I'm getting a little concerned about. I've said once they didn't re-sign a lot of the guys, whether it was Bryant, Baez, Rizzo, Castellanos, any of the guys that didn't come back, please re-sign Wilson Contreras. He means too much to this team to just go and get something for. Like, right. MLB Network just ranked the top 10 catchers in baseball. He's number four. And I could argue he's higher than that. You know? Yeah. They've yeah. got Yasmani Grandal number two. I'll put him against Yasmani Grandal any day. And I don't understand what's going on here. Now, he had Wilson. I don't know the context of this. I just know that this is a quote from Bruce Levine, who did an interview with uh, Wilson Contreras recently. And Wilson got so emotional that he had to, according to Bruce's article, step away and say, hold on a second. I need to gather myself. We know he's a passionate guy. I don't like the tone of the way this is going. Just the tense of it, any of it. Okay, so Wilson Contreras says, this is something that is really tough for me. Personally, the relationships I have with the team, players, and fans, leaving will be something that will be really tough to take. This is something very emotional for me, knowing all that I've had to go through to get to this point. It's going to be really tough and very emotional. That almost sounds like a guy who thinks it's most more likely that he's gone than that he would be resigned. Now, I understand why he'd think that. There's no discussions right now yeah. about extending him. And he's probably hearing rumors of, hey, dude, you might not be here. Are right. you going to be? His friends are probably calling him. Are you going to be at Wrigley this year? Are you going to be in Chicago? That's not the way you want a guy that is the heartbeat of your team to feel going into a season where you're trying to build the platform, the foundation for what you're trying to do the next five, six, seven years. That's not the way I want him to feel going into this year. Nothing but question marks around him, emotional, trying to figure out how he might have to say goodbye. Again, context is a big part of this, and I'm sure it's part of it, but he's an emotional guy, and I worry that this is the stuff he's going to be worrying about going into a season instead of having to really worry about how do I give the best version of Wilson Contreras every single day. It, it bothers me that this is how he feels. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how else to say it, but if they do not get this situation fixed, then they're, then basically Jed, Tom, and everyone else in the front office straight up lied to our faces after the trade deadline last year. Like, straight up lied to us because Tom went on marquee, straight up said, we plan on competing next year. If you trade Wilson Contreras, and I don't even care if you get an MLB-ready player, like, in the return, that, that, that's not going to cut it. Like, I, I don't care who it is. You're not you're not gonna you're not gonna compete. You're, there's unless you're getting JT Real Muto. Do the Phillies and the Cubs want to flip flop catchers for no freaking reason? That would that would be a slap in the face to the fans who have been trying to find a reason to justify their actions since the trade deadline from last year. And that's me. So like, <laughs> they would be slapping me straight in the face. If they were to not find a way to get an extension and trade him like these rumors that have kind of came out today with the Yankees and the Padres. That's that's really like that's the that's the best way I can say it without yelling a lot more. You can't <laughs> handle the truth. You know what the truth that is the truth though. You're yeah. you're not trading a top five catcher in baseball in his prime and saying we're competing this year. Exactly. So, if that's happening behind closed doors, I think Cubs fans would say, let's stop that train of thought and let's go back to building this team around Wilson Contreras, around Suzuki, around Stroman, around Brennan Davis, and right. all the young players you have on Nico Horner, whoever it might be. I, I do think it would be the wrong message to send. Yeah, if you guys remember after the trade deadline where the core was dismantled, Wilson Contreras was the one who assumed that leadership role. He want, he was outwardly saying, I want to be on the next great Cubs team. He's passionate. He is one of the best catchers in baseball. He's improved his defense. 
why is that a player that is not re-signed? I don't know. But it's one of those those puzzling things that you're trading one of your better players, and they've gone on record saying that this isn't a rebuild. This isn't a tear down. But exactly. their actions, it, it's just not adding up. When you sign Strowman, you sign Suzuki, and now you're talking about trading Contreras especially it, with your pitching staff. Rizzo and Contreras, both on the Yankees, would be more than that guy could handle. Yes. Oh, my God. The heart, hustle, I mean, and muscle of the Cubs, all on oh one team, God. and it's the Yankees. I don't even want to think about Cody's that. Cody's going to dry heat before we finish the podcast. <laughs> I, it, again, it just would not make any sense. No sense at all. And with all the people, like, you know how many, you don't know because I haven't told you, but the amount of people who have told me that their name has came up <laughs> For season tickets, after being on the list for so long, and like not even just a few people, but a long list of people, it's because people are leaving because they don't trust the organization right now. If they were to trade Wilson Contreras after all this turmoil post de uh, trade deadline last year, and then yes, they spent some in the in this in this offseason. You, I can, I will give them credit for doing that. But that reverses it. Right, exactly. If you trade Contreras after doing all that, you honestly, then I can just yell yell about the Cubs being like the Rockies. Like, the Rockies signing Chris Bryant <laughs> doesn't make any sense. If you're going to sign Suzuki and sign someone like Marcus Stroman, it doesn't make any sense to trade Wilson Contreras. If you plan on competing in 2022 and being ready to actually make a playoff run for sure in 2023, like, <sighs> You, you see what rumors do to us? I'm just... They get the blood boiling. Yes. I'm do. just like... I'm. It they doesn't, get the blood boiling. It just... It really just doesn't make any sense. It's, 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 it is worth being upset about if you want to take what those quotes are to heart. He's saying that stuff because, in a way, to me, it's like him saying all that stuff to get their attention. To be like, hey, I want to be here. Like, I'm, I'm being this emotional about this for this guy who worked... Like, Part-time works, works for Marquis. Yeah. Like, like, come talk to me. Let's figure something out. And this has nothing to do with Jan Gomes, who you haven't no. seen yet in a Cubs uniform, because the Jan Gomes and Wilson Contreras together works for the Cubs. They, that just gives them flexibility to save Contreras' legs. They could put him at first. They can DH him. His offensive number's going to Yeah, you don't have to worry about that anymore. And then you have a backup who is – a very good major league catcher. Right. I don't know if you want to see Jan Gomes play every game, you know, all but like <clears throat> 10 games for the Cubs. And, you don't want that. And then it, if they were... <laughs> and that's if, not against... That's nothing against if him. If they were to do that, uh, uh, you just gave me another reason. Like, you signed Jan Gomes to give Wilson Contreras depth and time to like, you know rest and stuff because last year the Cubs had like seven backup catchers <laughs> and like all seven of them failed. Robinson Torino. <laughs> well, okay. Robinson Torino's was fine at the very end. Whatever. But you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, now you bring in a guy who's established himself as a, a solid backup catcher. Like, why? Like, it, again, doesn't make any sense. So, I'm just, I'm done yelling. Wilson signed with the <laughs> Cubs when he was 17. That is, that is a baby. That's a kid. Right. He's changed positions for them. He's learned how to frame pitches better. He's been a key piece of a World Series championship with them. This is why it's, he became a first-time All-Star with the Cubs. He broke into the majors with the Cubs. That's why this is so personal to him as well, and I understand it. Yeah. So hopefully what we're talking about is just a rumor. You know, it, it was yeah. just, yeah. oh, yeah, we're listening to the Yankees. We're listening to the Padres a little bit. Exactly. And when this all gets done – We'll talk extension with Wilson once the season gets started. And Luke, I don't know if that's what's happening, but that's what you're hoping for. And Luke, just one thing to mention: you mentioned the tone of his voice, and I mean, when he when you're Wilson Contreras, imagine you're Wilson Contreras, and you've seen what's happened over the past year and a half. Got Swarber, Armora was DFA, the core was traded. Only one guy, Kyle Hendricks, has signed an extension. If if you're Contreras and these talks haven't happened now, what faith do you have that they are going to happen? Right, right. And I I hold out some sort of hope that the main reason that it hasn't is because of the lockout. And when with the lockout, the Cubs and every other team in the league have had to, I guess, you know, 
sign all these guys as fast as possible to put a team together. So I want to have some some faith, just a little bit of faith that they're going to get on, like get him in a room and just get this done before this season starts. I think, you know, again, we talked about context. I don't want to blow it up or out of proportion, but I think Cubs fans are going to get riled up by this article, and I understand why they're going to be riled up by this article. And, you know, you can say what you want about this isn't fully in context. We don't know exactly where it came from. However, a guy doesn't walk away from his locker and, he, and say, I need a second to gather myself unless this is really, really bothering him emotionally, unless it's really at the top of his mind. If it's just a whole hum question about, so what do you think? That, you know, I heard the Padres and Yankees. If it doesn't mean anything to him, he's just going to answer the question. Right. But Wilson Contreras isn't that guy. You ask him a question, and if it hits him in the heart, he's going to take it to the heart, and he's going right. to give you the right the answer that's inside of him, not just some canned answer that mm. you know you might get from another player. So that's what, again, I know this could be taken out of context, this quote, but when you look at it and you see the reaction and a player walks away and he tells you multiple times that it's emotional and he's speaking in a way as if it's almost happened already, that's why Cubs fans should be worried about this and probably are worried about this. Yeah. Fair? Fair. Fair. Um, Let's hope it's all about nothing. Yes. Just for, just for Cody's so. sake. For my sake, yeah. everyone in the chat's sake, because our comments have been blowing up since this discussion started. Uh, Joey, do you want to put some up there we can read? Clark says maybe Wilson is over it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think so. I think if, if, they, if the it. Cubs came to him today and said, let's talk extension, I think he'd be very interested. He's been adamant about trying to be here long-term yeah. and wanting to be the leader, as you mentioned, Kyle. He wants to be the leader for this Cubs team. He wants to be there for these guys. And I and, think I said it Friday when I would mention he's like Joakim Noah to me. Yeah. And, like, there's something about having that catcher be part of your organization long term. Like, I hate using Yachty Molina as an example <laughs> because I loathe him. But, like. Just call him there's, YM. There's a reason that Cardinal fans think this guy's the greatest catcher of all time. And in a large portion of it is because he's been there forever. Like. Because I think he's a little overrated, I think Wilson Contreras, by the end of the, by the end of his career, he's at least going to be a better offensive player than him. I would just love to see him do that in Chicago, man. Like, that's that would mean a lot to me. I feel, and again, it would put some if they get this extension done with him, it would put some faith back in the organization from majority of the fan base. Why the Cubs wouldn't be interested in that, I don't know, because they have just been getting destroyed online in their emails probably like i'm sure tom has stopped reading them you it's know? the type of rumor that sets a fan base ablaze ablaze it really I, I, it really I, is and and ferris is saying on there and he makes a great point that he's also great with the kids at the ballpark i know yeah. that's not like a huge reason to keep a guy on a team but not only is he a really good player and he's passionate about the team and he's passionate about the city he is good with, with kids at the ballpark, and I've seen it firsthand, too, like yeah. some really special stories about relationships that he has I've, with Cubs fans. I was in the left field bleachers last year uh, in, like, June, and uh, he was, you know, it was pregame, obviously, and, like, he was just out there, you know, warming up, but, like, having conversations with people, like, you know, whether it was, you know, pointing out signs or, you know, playing catch with the kids in left yeah. field, you know, like that kind of stuff. Some people might not look at that as any kind of big deal, but the kids do. And, Absolutely. again, it kind of shows his personality. It shows his love for the Cubs and the fans. And, and you just don't see a lot of that. No. You don't see that from a lot of players. And What what yeah. shirt could we make? I feel like we need some dope merch for this. Do, is it hashtag sign Wilson, hashtag save Wilson, hashtag keep Wilson? <laughs> Can I play devil's advocate here? Okay, Joey. You be I, the jerk. I, you know, <laughs> I, I love Wilson. Yes. And I, I would be, you know, I'd be extremely happy if the Cubs brought him back. But to say that they shouldn't be fielding offers, listening if teams are calling, especially teams like the Yankees and the Padres that are in win-now mode, probably would be willing to pay a little more, you know, what's the phrase? 
pennies on the dollar for for Wilson to complete because that's a big part of it. The Yankees have needed a, a defensive catcher for a long time. The Cubs are in a position where they have to be listening. Wilson, if you look at that, like, I mean, he's posted the lowest two OPSs of his career the last two years. It's not, I, I, and I think what Rachel, shout out Rachel again, what she said earlier makes sense. I, I, I think the Cubs might be looking at it like, let's see what Wilson gives us at the first half of this season and like, let's go from there right now. But as much as I love Wilson, I love the 2016 team. I don't want them to do something because it's emotionally the decision. They got to do fair. what's best for the team. That is fair, Joey. I will just say this. We're about to morph into another conversation about free agents that just signed. And when I look at a list of five, six, seven, eight guys on there where I say, well, they could have done that. Well, they probably could have done that. Well, that deal was somewhat. A lot of guys took reasonable deals in the last week where you thought, even on a two-year deal or a two-year extension, you go, well, that's not mortgaging the team. I agree with the Cubs on almost any player need to listen. I mean, you're crazy not to listen about. I just don't know what the Yankees or Padres could really give back that would make me say, yeah, top five catcher in his prime, heart of the team, seems like it's worth risking it on prospects. I mean, what else are they going to offer you other than like top prospects, which are, you know what? prospects because they're not in the majors yet you don't know Wilson Contreras wasn't a top prospect and then burst onto the scene right he mentions or Joey mentions the lowest OPSs of his career the last two years well 2020 that's 60 games I'll take that with a grain of salt last year sure but I feel like a lot of it is in recent years he's led the league and innings caught. Yes, that's and why that Jan is, Gomes and, should help. And yes, and that's why you go sign a guy like Jan Gomes. That's Agreed. why, Agreed. honestly, the worst part about the U Darvish trade, if you want to look back and, and already hate it, is Victor Caratini being part of that trade too. When he was here, he helped take some pressure off Contreras. And maybe we didn't notice it at first, but like it, we definitely saw it last year. So... I, I think there's still – I still don't think we've seen the best of Contreras yet. And I think the Jan Gomes signing allows you to do what's best for Wilson because I think he is one of those guys, if David Ross says you have the day off, that Wilson's like, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah. Even if he's totally gassed having catched 25 straight games, he'll be like, no, 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 I'm playing, I'm playing. But you almost have to take that decision out of his hands and say, you know what, you're going to DH today. You're just going to pinch hit today. You're going to play a little first base today. You know what? Take a day off, then we have a, a built-in day off after that. So we're going to give you a couple days. Um, and Jan Gomes allows you to do a lot of those things that should make him go back to the numbers of 2016. And I know well, what Joey's saying. 17 and 18, too. Good years those if years I too. thought that Wilson was asking for a 10-year deal, I would feel differently about this. Sure. But having seen... These deals that have been signed in the last week, his agent would have to look at it and say, all right, let's make and talk about reasonable offers here. What what can we do to make sure my guy wants to be here? Why wouldn't you want him to be here? Let's get it done. So that's, yeah. let's leave it at that. That's where I hope it goes between the, the beginning of the season and the All-Star break is that they sit down and come together with a reasonable decision. However, let's talk about Woulda, coulda, shoulda, because woulda, coulda, shoulda. there were some names that went out there and you thought, well, I like what the Cubs did with Suzuki and Stroman. They've added Miley, and then they added like 35 other players that will like slowly maybe make the team or make the depth of the team better. Correa is the one we talked about on Friday at Nauseam and, and over the last couple of weeks. I don't know how close or if, if they were even in the discussions after the lockout, but three years... 105 million. Let's just look at this list and you can add anybody else you want to. If it hurts you as a Cubs fan, where shoulda, coulda, or woulda, where would you go on this list? For me, the Castellanos deal is reasonable if you're looking at a DH. Schwarber at 79 million. You know, again, a lot of these deals are more about the money than they are the years, which is what would have scared me if I was. Jed Hoyer, I would have said, you know, I don't want to give out super long-term deals. So maybe Trevor Story at 140 is a little scary knowing that he played for the Rockies and maybe his numbers are inflated. But Carlos Correa for $35 million, 
That's an interesting deal. With an with an opt out. That's why it's interesting. After the first year. <laughs> you can pay him thirty five million this year and you're in a division where the Reds don't care, clearly. Clearly. The Pirates don't care, clearly. You're competing with the Brewers and the Cardinals to make the postseason. And once you get there, frankly, anything can happen. Or you could add at the all-star break, or you could add at the deadline. Thirty-five million. And the risk for him is, well, if he gets hurt, okay, then he says, well, then I'm coming back one more year. Okay, so now you've invested $70 million into a guy still in the prime of his game. And at that point, that second season, now you're starting to hope to compete. They may not be saying they're a playoff team this year, but that following year, that is what they're starting to target. That turnaround for this team, the retool, should be ready a year from now. It start, you should start to see that. And having Carlos Correa playing short for $35 million, doesn't push you over the luxury tax and it still puts you in there that type of deal is the type of deal the Cubs I think can be in on maybe should have been in on this year because I can't imagine why Carlos Correa would say to the Cubs well the the twins are offering me the same deal I'm going to go to Minnesota (laughs) I think that's I think that's extremely unlikely yeah so I see that deal, and I think well, that's the woulda, coulda, shoulda, maybe. Right. That they could have had Correa for that amount and for very low risk other than financially for one season or two seasons. Luke, that's, that's, if I'm a Cubs fan, that's where I have the most questions about the Correa when you see that he signed for essentially what's a one-year deal for $35 million. And Patrick Mooney of The Athletic reported that the Cubs didn't make a former offer to yeah. Carlos Correa, and that's just – that's the type of deals where you're not even making an offer to a shortstop who's coming off of arguably his best season, right. coming off of a gold glove, a platinum glove, especially when you have a very you, – you don't have a lot of high-velocity guys in the rotation. Having that defensive shortstop who also had his most home runs since, I believe, 2017 this past year, that would help um, offensively and defensively. And that's just where I didn't understand how you don't even – give him a formal offer well so do you think Kyle they were caught off guard when they saw that deal signed just like everybody else do you think that they were like oh man well, if I didn't know he was going to take an opt-out after year one year two and we could have just paid him really for two years and if he's great then wow great we signed him for a, a multi-year deal I think baseball was probably shocked at how reasonable and short that deal was because a lot of the talks were honestly they were more similar to in terms of length to the uh, Chris Bryant contract. Everyone thought that Correa was going to go for this 10-year, multi-year locked-in contract, and for him to only go for it was essentially one or two years. I think everybody was kind of caught off guard. I don't know. I haven't seen any reports on what happened in between those talks from before the lockout and after the lockout, but they have I to think be surprised. We Bor- might see more of this yeah. right. in baseball. I, I think Boris being his agent and, like, his new agent too, right, because, like, he ch- he switched to Boris – Right after yeah. the season, yeah. right? I think that has some play into why he ended up taking a deal like this. And then also because he's probably telling Boris, I just want to go play. Let's, you know, let's get this done and we can come back and maybe the market will be better for me next offseason. Yeah. I think, the again, and you already kind of pointed, I think the most disappointing part about the like about not getting Correa or just the Correa thing in general is that the Cubs didn't even put an offer down. After all these rumors, these quote-unquote discussions, like I have to sit here and apologize to all the people who were negative and were like, the Cubs are never talking to him. <laughs> like, I hate that I have to admit that I believed. I'm sorry that I was optimistic about it. All of you negative Nancys, congratulations. <laughs> but, like, you, they are right. Like, the Cubs, they never – like, and that's how bad it is right now in the Cubs fan base. Like, no one believes that the Cubs are doing what they say they're going to do. And that, like, I'm with you now on that, at least on that standpoint. Like, the fact that they didn't even put an offer out there. Like, even the White Sox did more when it came to Machado. They at least put an offer out there. Yeah, but frankly, <laughs> on the other side of town can't be too happy about the Correa deal either because he's in their division. For sure. And $35 million for them for next season – in the prime of their window, I, I'm sick to my stomach if I'm a Sox fan because, wow, if you could have had him for two years and he can opt out after one, you still might have an, okay, fine, he opts out. 
Maybe he doesn't opt out for the second year. Now you got him two years of his prime for $70 million during the peak of your window. So I think a, a lot of teams may look at that and say, rethink how they're approaching some of these free agents in the, in the future after this collective bargaining agreement. Like, maybe there's different ways we can do this that we didn't think players in their prime would consider. And I understand it for Correa, too, because he can get his $70 million leave and still go get a massive contract from somebody that will make him very, very wealthy, but he'll have $70 million in his pocket to make him feel real comfortable about it, too. Now, he may not get a chance at winning for two years or one year, but that decision is now up to him. It puts the, the power in his hands now because he can leave whatever he wants. Now, we've mentioned before the Cubs need some pitching, we believe, and obviously Alzali added that. Before all of this, way before all of this, was Robbie Ray, five years, 115, we put on there. And that's another deal that had the opt-out after three years. So, again, it's $115 million, but you're not investing as much as that if, if there's an opt-out involved. It's, it's maybe not quite as dangerous as it would look on there. I, listen, I, if you're a Cubs fan, you should be encouraged about what happened last week. I don't say that's – I mean – I, I believe that as as someone who's covered the team for a long time. Suzuki is a signing with a lot of upside, and that's a decision clearly, as Ryan was telling us, that they've been thinking about for a while. Stroman appears to be a great signing. Another short-term deal that's not, like, super long-term, but he was brought here to be a guy who's going to pitch in high-leverage games, in playoff-type games. And so that tells you, it's, it's less than a three-year window. If he's going to pitch in big games, it's less than a three-year window. So, again, when I look at Correa, when I look at Robbie Ray, five years, three-year opt-out, I say to myself, what, a couple of those deals really woulda, coulda, shoulda fit into this Cubs roster. I know you're trying to leave flexibility, and maybe Wilson Contreras' extension plays into this. But when you put those two stories together and you say, they may not re-sign Wilson Contreras and they might trade him, then I take a step back and say, well... That's disappointing. That would, that would be as disappointing as the other two stories were encouraging for Cubs fans, correct? Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, it, and it, honestly, again, it would go back to the Rockies signing Chris Bryant not making any sense. <laughs> um, you mentioned Robbie Ray, a few other pitchers that were signed before the lockout that I you know, thought the Cubs at least should have been in on. Kevin Gossman, who went to the Blue Jays for five for 110. I uh, like that deal, too. Jose Barrios with the Blue Jays as well, seven years, 131. Um, and then I guess this these two would be, I don't want to call them flyers because one of them got a multi-year deal, but considering the situation the Cubs were in, I wouldn't have been upset with the idea, but Noah Syndergaard, he got one year, $21 million from the Angels. I know Syndergaard sat out like all of last year because of injuries. Yeah, but that's $21 million is a lot of money for one year. But if he's healthy, he's he can be one of the best pitchers in the game. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, yes. Right. We've and seen it. I remember before the lockout, there was a lot of talk about Steven Matz. He ended up going to the Cardinals four years, $44 million. Kind of reminds me a lot of the Rodon signing with the Giants. Again, would have it wouldn't have opened eyes. It wouldn't. It just would have been a nice addition to the rotation with Stroman. Do you add that with Miley as well? And you're looking at the rotation. You're thinking, not too bad. Not that I hate the rotation now, but like you're, you, there's more proven guys there to go with Miley and Hendricks and, and Stroman. So, um, that is to me, because I've been screaming this all offseason, is, is that the Cubs needed more pitching. As much as I would have liked to have Correa too, I was I, I thought they needed more pitching. And again, Stroman's great, and Miley's you know he landed in your in your lap, and we got a lot of guys coming up on the farm. Braylon Marquez, a bunch of other dudes. Like we got some guys coming, but we don't know when they're coming. So if you if you really wanted to win, or at least be competitive in this division in 2022. I feel like one of those guys that I just said would have been nice to go with Stroman. Agreed. Every once in a while, you got to be able to roll the dice a little bit, take a little gamble, put a little money on it. And in fact, uh, if you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is download the PointsBet app. Use the code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to two grand, but if you make a $50 or more 
First time deposit, you get a free CHGO membership. That unlocks all of our web content. You even get a free t-shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. Any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we'll help you out. In case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now, register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book, easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with sports bet. Or with points bet, excuse me. <laughs> Gambling pro- reading problem, call Luke. Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. I was rushing because I really want to get to this. I don't want to run out of time because the relish room was brought to our attention. <laughs> you know? We've been doing the bracket room. of our sweet and savory 16 because yep. of March Madness going on, and we were getting to our final four, which was the Wiener Circle was in there against Do Right Donuts, and Wiener Circle says, well, they tweet out to us. Look, at they're like, sup, come to the relish room. We'll feed you. <laughs> I, what's that mean? Come record some shit what, what, in our relish room. What's the relish room? What does that mean? <laughs> uh, I'm excited about it, but I, I don't know, know what it means. Yeah, you. I don't know either. I have no idea. I'm ready. We've been to the winner circle. I've never seen a relish room. I've never been, I've never admittedly. Been. I mean, it sounds exciting. Is that their version of the green room? Because Chicago relish is like, you know, sort of that neon green. You think that's what they're talking about? I think that's what they're getting at. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Oh, it's very exciting. All right, so we want to get to the results. Uh, Wiener Circle, we are in, by the way. No, we are, oh, yeah. We are, we are oh, yeah. Wiener Circle, we're in. all I'll in. come down. But if you guys win, we're not going to cut any corners with the poll here. If but. they win, but they did win a key matchup, which I, I, I was, you know, looking at this matchup, I thought, wow, this is, this is heavyweights. This is Muhammad Ali. You know, this is like the prime yep. matchup here. This is Holyfield versus Tyson. <laughs> and you get do-right donuts and, and the hot dog stand of hot dog stands in Chicago in the Wiener Circle – and, you know, it's, I can't believe it. It's moving on. Yeah. yeah. Wiener Circle's moving on. So the relish room is still an opportunity. Come here, Lawrence. Show, show the people. Is, show is that a Wiener Circle shirt? No. Look at that. <laughs> Wiener Circle. Well, I mean, you got to turn towards the camera a little bit. Very nice. What a moment we were having here in this. <laughs> yep. In, here in the Who said we didn't have any hot dogs here? <laughs> Very nice. Uh, so, like, we're, right now, we're this close to being in the relish room. Yeah. You know, I've been thinking about it all day. How are we going to get to the relish room? How are we going to get to the relish room? We're this close to being in the relish room. So are we asking everyone to go vote for Wiener Soaker? No, so we're not doing that. We're not? We are not. We want a fair. I'm not against an illegal. I think Corey would be really upset about that. He's chiming in right now saying voters got it right with the hot dog. We were having this conversation after the show on Friday. Corey is very passionate about... The hot dogs at Wrigley, integrity so, but integrity of the election. Seeking yeah. out the correct hot dog vendors with the onions and grilled, and yeah. and you know, there's a lot that goes into it. Obviously, ketchup can't be put on it if you're doing, it, if oh, you have absolutely. any idea what you're doing. But you know, we don't want to influence, we don't want to spike the vote or anything. But we do want to go to the relish room. He did just say though in the comments, but Wiener Circle has hot dogs. They sure do. I love the char dog there, huh? Yeah. I've heard I've heard it's great. And again, I've never been, but they are a great follow on Twitter. They are hilarious. They're very good. They're, and their yeah. sign outside is always. Oh, yes, I love the Aaron Rodgers ones. Aaron Rodgers, yeah, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers ones. I own you. Sign they are, yes. <laughs> they so are good. Chef's kiss, man. Like, uh, so where uh, yes, where are we science. at with the <laughs> where where are we at with the bracket? We're down to the championship. Yes. So tonight will be the final poll. And we are down to the hot dog at the ballpark, the Vienna beef versus the chocolate shake at the Wiener Circle, which you could combine also with a char dog. Right. I, I, <laughs> wow. This is I, the Don Dada of, of I just, polls. I went in, I'm going to tell you, I went into the tournament thinking I was taking do right all the way to the end because I love a do right. I, I was high on the pretzel. That, that and died. you were on the pretzel. But all of a sudden, the Wiener Circle. Chocolate shake started building steam, building yep. steam. The chocolate shake got a lot of buzz going around here. Exactly. And, and then all of a sudden, the invite to the relish room. I feel like no matter what happens, we need to go to the relish room. I just, again, I want people 
it's if you know, you know about the chocolate shake at Wiener Circle. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, everything you in know, there is spectacular. You know, yeah, like that's all I can say. It's uh, it's a great place. So we will put that out on Twitter. The poll will be there. Uh, you can only vote once because I've tried to vote more than once. <laughs> he created ten burner times. accounts. Yeah, I I, oh, I, I didn't think about the burner account. That's an idea. So <laughs> you, just gave the idea. you can you can only vote once. We're gonna have the results tomorrow. Again, we're gonna hold the winner circle to this. If they win, we're doing a show from the relish room, and they're gonna feed us. I don't yes. know when that'll be, but we got a whole season to figure it out. Yes. Oh yeah. I uh, if it doesn't, we'll hold them to it. If they don't win, then we're going to have to have uh, Vienna beef hot dogs at the ballpark, which is I guess also it's a win. win. Is yeah. also, it's a win-win for us. So I'm looking forward to that. So uh, Wiener Circle, as you say, sup, Wiener Circle. Uh, <laughs> we'll find out what happens tomorrow as the sweet and savory comes to our championship ending. Uh, thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by PointsBet. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Give us a five-star rating. We will see you Tuesday, not from the relish room, but maybe soon. Go Cubs, go.